these topics can be applied to all the different aspects of of my life and I'm sure anybody out there who tunes in or listens. The work's important and the work allows you to feel a little less crazy in a very fucking crazy world. It's just such a remarkable film that I, I feel as if everybody out there has to has to watch it. It's enlightening. It's one that'll help you be a little bit more productive, appreciative, grateful, emotionally vulnerable, socially more conscious, just any and all of the things. It helps open you up and explore more of, of who you are. Hello, welcome to another episode of The Process. If you have stumbled into this section of the Wicked Wild Web, welcome. I'm grateful for you and I appreciate you engaging with us in this conversation. As always, the purpose of this is to jump into stories, memories, disciplines, habits, routines, things that ideally help us become our most fulfilled and best versions of ourselves. Uh, that comes in the form of me speaking into the abyss <laughs> and trying to find uh, the silver lining or the 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 message of a story or of an experience that I've recently gone through. My name is Nikki Chin, and today I wanted to discuss uh, a story I came across relatively recently. It actually comes from uh, a close friend, uh, at least the recommendation of a close friend. It's actually the gentleman that produces this podcast and edits this podcast, Sir Alec Hussey, audiophile engineer, modern day renaissance man that can do any task and pick up any any little thing you put his mind to. I hold his opinion in high regard, and he recommended this to me kind of on a whim last week. I said, hey, dude, just based off of what we've been working on with the process and some of the conversations you've been having, I feel like you'll appreciate really appreciate this story. I, I recommend if you can find the time to to watch it. And I'm sure Al knows is my close friends and family not the biggest uh, movie buff or show buff. If I'm going to jump into to something, it's maybe with my girlfriend to watch like Love is Blind. That's more my speed, but I'm not one to really spend much time trying to watch movies or documentaries or what have you, at least if, it, if it's up to me. But I, I certainly do enjoy them. By, by no means am I saying I don't enjoy those, but I just won't naturally pick it. I digress. I say all this because Al mentioned, he's like, dude, Came out recently. Check out Stutz. And pretty ignorant to it. I have no sense or clue of, of what it is. Uh, I sit down with my girlfriend and say, what do we, what do we want to do? I was like, oh, well, I'll recommend it or mention Stutz. Let's, let's see what it's about. I watch a trailer and I'm immediately intrigued. And for context, for what it's, for background, if you will, it's, it's Jonah Hill, super bad, extraordinaire. Uh, the... <laughs> a great actor and somebody I admired and looked up out of past sense. I admire and look up to even from a young age. I just think his humor is hilarious. Anyways, fully fell off my radar as to what he's been producing or creating, but he's full blooded producer and he actually sits down with his therapist and the entire Stutz documentary is about his, his therapist, Dr. Stutz in his experience and the tools of what he's picked up and, and the whole principle and theory behind creating this intimate conversation with his therapist is really to explore a lot of the tools, processes, 
tactics that have helped Jonah work through the things that he's going through in his life. And as a, I mean, outside looking in, seemingly successful and productive and impressive man, I don't know, you're always maybe taken aback in so far as seeing how people struggle with mental health or struggle with managing their experience in their life. So it was it was a raw and vulnerable storytell of who and what Jonah is. And the reason I wanted to share and jump into it this week is because I feel as if it it kind of wraps up all of what we've been discussing, or at least what I've been exploring over the last few months in terms of the things and the habits and the routines that I think help me become and feel the best version of myself. And also being mindful of what are the triggers, what are the environmental stimuli or what are all of the different facets of my life and interacting with this world that can either trigger drastic elation or maybe being a little bit more in a rut and being negative. I don't know. It it fully just gave me a full story and perspective beyond just like one scope of my life where I can think about sales or I can think about my personal life or I can think about my relationships. I feel as if the tools and what Dr. Stutz explores with Jonah really is applicable to any and all persons, irrespective of your background. And, and it makes it very accessible and intriguing, if you will, to and ju- jump into an endeavor like this. If you're somebody who, I don't know, as much as I've, I've obviously touted things like, I think it's beneficial for, for, for you to check in with loved ones and friends and family. If you're able to, you should speak to a therapist and you should have a a third party objector of your life just to be able to see how things are going and really be able to make decisions, not just based off of uh, what you may be experiencing. I I say all that and I've actually yet to go through with seeing a therapist and it's something that is on my radar and I anticipate and, and hope to soon. I don't know why I have that, maybe not aversion, but I don't have that urgency to jump into that. I think I would enjoy a lot of the concepts and a lot of the conversations and introspection and reflection I'd get from it. I digress. The reason that Sets is, is so fascinating and intriguing, I think makes it accessible for all is he's a very pragmatic individual, at least from, from what I gathered in the quick documentary and, and seeing a few podcasts and interviews shortly thereafter. He's very pragmatic and very direct and not shy or afraid to in, in, inject or assert his opinion, which again, relatively naively, not relatively, very naively, having never been through therapy, I think that's unique because most therapists, from what I know of this space or hear through, through people that have gone through it, is they, they kind of facilitate and help you come to the decision and help, gu- help you guide yourself to what the potential solution may be. Whereas I gather Stutz is, is very confident in his experience, very confident in his opinion, and won't shy away from it so long as he's built some trust with his patient. And why I, why I th- another reason why I thought it fascinating is because I'd also never thought of therapy from this context. I, I, I could say I may be skeptical of certain things. I'm skeptical of a lot of things out there. But when it comes to then, say, somebody that I could speak to and open up my life to and share my experience and be raw and vulnerable with them, they can then build a relationship with me and guide me and be a piece of console in my life. I, I've been hesitant and skeptical because, I don't know, I don't know if I, I don't trust easy, we'll say. And I've never thought of who or what a therapist could be from this context, but 
So that's really proclaims and actually it's, it's really highlighted in the documentary. The only reason he can be so direct and have such a strong opinion in certain things, especially when it comes to traumas or uh, adversity, is because he himself has actually gone through so much adversity to the extreme that I, I feel very few in this world have actually gone through. It's been his life experience where having faced a million and one different trials and tribulations and adversities, he's really equipped and built a skill set by experience. And that's something I, I put heavy value and emphasis on is I'll look to my elders and my my peers and my colleagues for advice. And I'll really look for the experts, the subject matter experts that have experienced or directly been impacted by something I'm investigating. And thinking about therapy from that context kind of shifted my mind a little bit. I've always had a, a little bit of a perspective that a therapist is going to be somebody who studied psychotherapy, maybe went through the medical system and learned all the different frameworks of CBT or psychiatry or what have you. And and now just based on the, the wealth of studying and information, they can apply principles and fundamentals. But I always think theory and, and application is night and day. And maybe that's where a little bit of the skepticism comes from in terms of, of therapists. And I'm not 100% certain as to how many of the therapists that are out there or, or really healthcare practitioners that are out there as a whole that are speaking to advice or recommendations or guidance based off of experience and their own experience. So that was uh, refreshing and uh, really intriguing for me in that he he's clearly an expert, not in sales or neuroscience or, or martial arts or psychedelics, but he's a an expert in something that I feel we could all benefit from is how do you overcome adversity? How do you get back up when you're kicked down? What are the tools? What are the things you think of? And how do you manage and hold yourself accountable? So that's that's how I'll say I'll, I'll set the stage in terms of understanding therapy and my perspective within the first five, 10 minutes of learning who Stutz is and what I'm about to jump into. I thought it was very unique and very a very refreshing perspective on psychotherapy and mental health. And to to then set the stage of why and how Stutz has even developed and worked with Jonah, he breaks down again where I think we all can see a bit of ourselves in and understanding and seeing why somebody could ever go see a therapist. Everybody has to face three very similar aspects of reality. There's pain, there's uncertainty and there's constant work. And even just seeing those three words, my eyes started to light up even as stoned as I was watching the movie. I was like, holy shit. Yes. Why that yes was so emphatic was because I all I think of pain, I think of uncertainty, I think of constant work, but I think of them all in different domains and aspects of my life. I always looked at pain in the context of personal growth and development. That's where my walk towards the pain and like being uncomfortable in my exercise and physicality comes from. I feel as if the pain is is where it'll help me unlock a little bit more of me. The uncertainty, shit, I feel like that's just chaos. That's just been kind of ever present in my life because I've I've zigged where, where others have zagged and I've I don't know if I've been as consistent or clear in a specific path from the jump, 
there's been a lot of uncertainty and there still is to this day. And last but certainly not least, constant work. You can't avoid it. You really can't. No matter how great and dandy you might think your your life may be, that constant work is looming. So the three aspects of reality, and, and to this point, there was no negative connotation to it. It's just like, hey, this is this is what it is. We all have to face it. So what do you do about it? Right. And <laughs> even before exploring and thinking about what you do about it, like I, I was immediately thinking about, well, is there anything outside of this that outside of this, these aspects of reality that I'd want to consider or contemplate? But I found the more, I mean, got enamored with uh, the documentary or, or thought through it is the more I struggled with kind of getting outside of those bubbles. It really encompasses a lot of like the, the, the gratitude and the meditation and the breath work and the exercise and the journaling and, and all of the things of this so-called process that helped me feel whole. They are, in effect, I came to learn some of the pieces of the tools that help mitigate the aspects of reality or manage the aspects of reality. But there's, there's nothing to, to, to shy away from or fear of that, right? Like when it comes to pain, when it comes to pain and uncertainty, I feel not it's good that we're hurting, but like it's, it's always the age old adage, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. How does a muscle get stronger? It slowly breaks and the fibers break down because you tear it from working out and it's going to build back better, build back stronger. I find pain has been something where if I'm around it, it's generally discomfort, it's uncomfortability. And immediately I'm, I'm thinking, all right, well, this, this fucking sucks for the time being. Is this always going to suck? What's this look like tomorrow? What will my perspective be if I manage to get through this? How long does this going to suck for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just think that really encapsulates a lot of what we all face day to day. Pain, uncertainty, constant work. So how do we make the most out of it? Having said that there are those, those three things that nobody can avoid. It's then broken down into uh, the, the life force, as, as Stutz calls it. And I thought it was interesting as he, he kind of presents it. And it was a beautiful documentary, by the way, because Jonah Hill, as he produces it, he takes the, these little cards and these little photos and infographs that actually Stutz draws throughout each of his sessions and throughout each of his conversations with his patient. He draws a little bit of a picture, a little bit of a, a graph to represent like, hey, here's what we discussed and here's what I think you're trying to visualize or understand. This is what we're working through. So you're leaving that session with a, a physical piece or a physical memory of like, hey, this is what we discussed and this is maybe the trigger that'll help you remember some of the activities, exercise or exploration that we did. So it was cool because as he's explaining these concepts and going through these stories, you're, you're getting a little bit of a, a visual representation of like, all right, how could I apply some of this to my life? And interestingly enough is like he's sitting down with Jonah and and he says, and, and at one point I'd say, all right, Jonah, now close your eyes. And then I'd ask him a series of questions and prompts. And it's a very interesting movie experience because in the same way as a, a spectator, I'll tell you, you also get something out of it and you maybe even get more out of it by closing your eyes as, as Dr. Stutz recommends certain things and then guides you through certain thought experiments and exercises. And then you can open it up and kind of align what you just thought or visualized to, to what you see on the screen. So I, I share that because it, it's, it's a, a cool and interesting piece of work 
by both Jonah and Dr. Stutz. You can clear there's evidently a really strong relationship that two, two of them have developed. So in speaking about the life force and trying to m- manage the aspects of reality, your life force is built similar to, and the infograph was a bit of a, it, it looked like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, a little triangle and a pyramid where on the bottom you have your foundation, the things that need to happen to get to the top. And the foundation is your body, your physical vessel. You need to take care of yourself and respect and appreciate and be grateful and work on your physical presence, your physical being. And once you get there, it's then and only then that you can work on some of the upper layers. I, I had this girlfriend, I had this girlfriend, I have this girlfriend, I had this conversation with my girlfriend. And as I've mentioned in the past, she's she's actually spoken to therapists before and she's found it somewhat frustrating that sometimes therapists can maybe push or promote the whole exercise, exercise, exercise before anything else to work on your mental health a little bit too much. And I can I can appreciate that because how people come to appreciate and get to their life force has to really come from within. And I don't think, think that there's one specific way to get there. But however you do get there, at some point you will have to acknowledge and appreciate your, your physical vessel, your being. Are you treating your body with care and love and gratitude and fueling it and moving it and all the various things? So then now I'm seeing this life force and I'm like, holy shit, that's why I've been, I won't say obsessed, but over the last three years in particular, I've been way more focused and invested in how I'm physically developing and growing or building than I have in the past. I've always been passionate about it. I've done things to stay active, but it's just been something that I've always done. But now it, I feel as if it's way more conscious effort where I, I long for it and I look for it and I, I put myself in all these different situations because I ultimately value it. And I'm realizing I value it because it's a, a foundation of my life force. If I'm not taking care of my body, it's it's very hard for me to take care of the other just as, if not more important things in my life. And just on top of your foundation and your, your hierarchy of your life force is not your body, but then your people. And your people is your community. And in your people and your community, it's it's your loved ones, it's your friends, it's your family, it's it's those of you who who may be listening to this. Your people are the like-minded individuals, the people that come across your your life and your experience that have an impact on your body and your existence and your being. And I I, I thought it fascinating, interesting, because I again I don't know why I've been thinking or feeling and thinking community is important, finding like-minded individuals is important, producing this podcast is important. Sharing my thoughts and ideas on the web is important and being open and vulnerable. Why do I, I care and long for that is because I know at some point you kind of have to have a bit of ego death and recognize, hey, it's, it's more than just you out there. And if you are so lucky to have people surrounded by you that are invested in, in who you are and what you're doing and, and you've taken care of yourself and your body and your physical being, then and only then can you really have the the pinnacle of your life force, which is yourself and your relationship with yourself and it's it's true like understanding of who you are and what you bring to this world and it's those three things and how they work in concert with each other and support one another can you then get to this great and powerful life force and your life force it can obviously be obviously be the the thing that helps you manage those aspects of reality sounds all f- fine and dandy so far right so like where's the therapy come in <laughs> It starts to get into a 
I won't say a negative twist, but it's just, again, a, uh, maybe a harsh part of reality, a harsh part of what everybody kind of has in them. There's what, what Stutz and, and Jonah call your part X. It's this invisible force that keeps you from changing. It's, it's defined kind of like the villain in the hero's journey and the hero archetype where you all have it. We all have it. I have it as well. You have this vision of who you are that you're not necessarily ashamed. You are ashamed of. You're not proud of it. It's like your humble beginnings. It's where you come from that you're you're ultimately trying to like manage and prove that that's not you almost, you know? And if I'm speaking candidly into the void, a bit of my part X is, is definitely my younger self. I wasn't the most uh, socially... I won't say competent, socially extroverted or socially out there uh, kid. I mean, I immigrated to Canada, joined multiple elementary schools growing up because I was constantly kind of jumping from school to school because of a program I was in. Within within the program I'm in, I'm also like a little bit insular compared to the rest of a high school that I never felt as if I fully found people beyond just like the the 20 or so kids that I went through most of my school and childhood with, and we all kind of felt a little bit like misfits, right? We were like a misfit bunch. And I have this, this, this relationship or this vision, this part of me that I, I don't ignore. I don't give it a lot of credit or speak to it much. And part of the documentary talks about how you should have a conversation with that part X of you. You should really share and explore the thoughts and the ideas of how you genuinely feel about part X and see what part X says back in, in return to you. It's, it's part of actually why I wanted to explore it today with, with you guys, because if I talk to my part X and speak to this, will this will probably be grade nine, grade 10, Nikki, right? Who I, I went to school. I, I wasn't killing it in terms of grades. I, I was floating by, I got grounded a couple of times in grade nine and, taking my TV and my cell phone privileges and not that I don't look fondly of those days, but I, I don't, I don't know. I didn't know who I was and I was really struggling to find who I was. And I'm a little bit harsh on my part X, you know, I don't maybe show him appreciation or be grateful for him and, and some of the trials and tribulations he faced and how he overcame some of those and conquered some of them. But I can tell you my part X of, of me in grade nine and 10, Looking at 27, shit, am I 28? My 28 year old self, likely proud and likely impressed. And it's kind of sad to, to then see that inverse relationship where one thinks so highly of the other and the other kind of frowns Don and on a little bit. So it comes up later, but of course, the relationship with your part X is important. So be mindful and think about who is your part X and come back to the drawing board. Think back and journal and write down your thoughts of where does this come from? Why do I have this relationship? And, and we'll get to the tools of how to maybe manage that relationship. But your your part X is just, again, everybody has one, right? Everybody faces it and sees it. And it's important to recognize and acknowledge how to make that part of you. So you have your part X, a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, something you need to work on. You have your life force and you have these aspects of reality. Now what? How do you fix it? And and this part is beautiful. This part I absolutely love. 
he speaks to the the tools of how to manage this falls to a string of pearls and again little pictures and and little cards dr stutz is writing throughout this experience and jonah's sharing in a production is just beautiful it helps really stick the image into your memory and mind and the the main one of the main tools is a string of pearls and there's just a few steps to to manage there's a few steps to think about when looking at the the string of pearls if you think of each circle each circle that you draw on a card or each circle that you see in your mind is is an action and no matter how small or large that action may be they're all equal no pearl is more valuable than the other and Therefore, no action, no matter how big or small, is more valuable than the other. Be it getting out of getting up out of bed is the same as running a marathon, or shooting your best round at golf, or hitting a hundred percent of your quota is just as good as your first cold call and fumbling it, or not getting that dream job you were looking for. Every action is important. And what's what's interesting about these pearls now is the string of pearls, rather, is you're the only person can put the next pearl on. And I really what I really like about this is you are the only person that can manage your life. There is ultimate ownership and ultimate accountability in this exercise and activity. As much as I can tout and project my thoughts, feelings, emotions, ideas, experiences. At the end of the day, every one of us has to be the individual to be like, no, this is me. This is how I'm going to manage. This is what I'm going to do. And it comes down to, to that, the autonomy that one person has and, and how they act upon it. So nobody has the answers. Nobody gives a shit about you but your mother. You got to fix it, right? And, and that's not to say it's, it's going to go swimmingly, right? Within the, the, the pearl, it draws a little dark spot. And it's just to go to show that no pearl is perfect. No effort is flawless. There's always imperfection. There is always something to make it not 100%. And that's fine. So long as you keep adding, you wake up the next day and you have another opportunity to put on another pearl. And you never know how big or small that, that blemish could be. And that entire exercise and just the visual picture that you're given it, it, I, I genuinely say it inspires change, it inspires growth, it inspires action at the end of the day. Uh, if you're feeling like you're in a little bit of a rut, it allows you to be a little bit less hard on yourself and less critical and, and in the same breath be motivating, yeah, hungry to, to keep going because it is and can get very hard to, to keep pushing when you're demotivated or unmotivated, dilapidated, making up words now, how we doing, baby? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, these string of pearls. And I and I I realized I forgot a huge piece of this story. I mentioned Dr. Stutz, gentleman who 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 has all these tools, has all these stories and tools because of the experiences that he's had. Adversity doesn't stop. He's he's an elderly gentleman, elderly physician, and he suffers and is going through Parkinson's, where that's just sheer neurodegeneration. At the end of the day, there's no staving it off. It is it is coming, it is inevitable that. Day by day, your brain is is eating away at itself and you're losing function, be it motor or cognitive or whatever function. Your performance is slowly becoming hindered. 
that doesn't stop him. And I say that because one of the things within Parkinson's is you have these tremors and you you have these shakes or can your motor function can be impaired. Uh, and it's it's interesting because in these photos that Dr. Stitz is drawing, you can actually see a little bit of the shakes and you see a little bit of the tremors. Uh, and and they actually commented on the film and Jonas said, no, fucking keep it in there because it just makes it all the more real and raw and appreciated. But this is the man behind the the message. So, so, so yeah, think of the pearls. Everybody can have a string of pearls and that string of pearls is to help manage not only your part X and work on the relationship with your part X, but probably more real and close to home is, is your shadow and your shadow different from part x it's it's the part of you that you wish didn't exist you you deny it you avoid it what what's interesting about the analogy with a shadow is it follows you everywhere you go there is no leaving your shadow behind so what do you do about it right your shadow and and how to to manage your your part x which which i guess to distinguish between the two and and for context by the way a lot, a lot of my my show notes and trying to recollect this movie is is powered by a bit of the sparks notes that they gave at the end of the documentary, which I think is a fantastic breakdown of of what they actually explore in the film. But Pardix is your your doubts and your deepest fears, whereas your shadow is a byproduct of believing what your Pardex tells about you. So your shadow is almost like the consequence of your Pardex triggering your doubts and fears or what have you. So again, what do you do about it? How do you manage and work with the thing that you wish didn't exist but follows you everywhere you go? Well, I alluded to it earlier, right? You talk to your shadow, you have a genuine conversation with it, ask it how it feels to be denied or avoided. And to really summarize how to do that, you you visualize it, you honor it, and you engage with it. It's like any sort of therapy kind of come like some semblance of exposure therapy. How do you make the dragon not so scary? slowly but surely face it slowly but surely face different components and pieces of it so that when you face the big picture and the big thing it's not so intimidating because you kind of eased into it so I, I share all that because i think it's an important exercise in looking at your process looking at your growth looking at your journey to acknowledge any and all of these parts have a serious conversation with it and then and only then will you be able to really step into your power and step into who and what you're doing with with confidence and like a certain gravitas that hey yes this is where i come from these are my humble beginnings this is the adversity that i've faced it defines part of me it doesn't define all of me and and i'm proud of those definitions i'm proud of all of those experiences uh because they all kind of lead me to where i am today and this is the last piece of it that i'll i'll summarize with is you, you have your shadow, you have the tools, you have your part X, and you're managing the aspects of, of life. What does that look like on a day-to-day basis now? And, and these pictures that Dr. Stutz draws, I think, are, are fantastic and really capture all of what, I've been, what I think I've been trying to express and understand over the last few months. But it's broken down into three things. The work. The tools that you equip yourself with ideally lead to these three components of work. The first being active love. 
Here we go on a hippy-dippy train, boy, but bear with me. (laughs) Active love. You feel a universe full of love. Imagine if you did. And in, in, in visualizing and feeling that universe of love, where everything is just these love particles floating around the ether, and that's all there is. There is no, there is no evil. All there is within that love in the universe. Now, now take all that energy and concentrate that into your being, into your, your toes, your nails, your eyes, your chest, your face, just all of your physical, spiritual, emotional existence. Take that in as, as love. And now, once you take that in and you're feeling it, focus all of that energy on one person or one thing or piece of your environment, if you will, right? Now you can see how you're kind of building up, right? You take everything into your body, the foundation of your life self. You emit that to your people in your community. What are you emitting? You're emitting not negative, intrusive thoughts or, or negativity, but, but love, positive affect, optimism, hope, motivation. Question that that's, that's really hits home is, do you want to be right or do you want to create something new? And I am a man who likes to be right. I am very hard-headed and stubborn and I, I push. I like debate and I like to explore ideas and conversations and I will try to make my opinion be heard. Here I am speaking into a podcast about my experience, right? But I, I share all that because I'll tell you some of the more fulfilling parts of, of my journey over the last, call it five years, have been the times where I've been able to share my experience and journey with somebody else that I love and care about, right? It's it's the community and the people around you that typically end up make whatever it is you're doing a little more worthwhile. And that goes from a professional standpoint and working at a startup and growing something to my relationships with my friends, my family, my girlfriend, to myself, to just how I'm looking at what are my next steps in terms of the next 10 years of my life, right? You have an opportunity to, yeah, sure, prove somebody wrong, or you can ignore the judgment and the opinions of others and just want to create something for yourself, learn and answer the question, what are you capable of, right? So, that active love is a powerful one, I feel. And building on on, on active love is, is, is another one that should help manage a bit of your shadow, right? This, this thing called radical acceptance. And if you've been through therapy, this might be like table stakes for you. But this is new for me, for your boy, right? And, and in this radical acceptance, it's just having no shame and just really taking on a humble approach to your experience and all parts of you. And once you accept your part X, your shadow and your experience, uh, you're a little bit more whole and, and maybe a little bit more grateful and appreciative of, ev- of any and all things that you're going through. And naturally so, the next one is obviously you have this grateful flow, this gratitude flow. And if you recall even 10 episodes ago, I was sharing and only thinking about like trying to figure out what are the stories and memories and experiences that are helping me be the best version of myself. How do I find that? Well, I don't know, Nikki, let's, let's at least start with just writing down three things that you were grateful for and then exploring ideas around those, those, those grateful moments. But there's something to that, right? Gratitude is this, this very powerful thing that I think we don't give enough weight. 
but you're seeing it now at least pop up more and more in, in the culture because it's true, right? It helps you penetrate negative and intrusive thoughts. It helps you combat your imposter syndrome or self-doubt. It helps you, I don't know, take ownership for things that you can control and acceptance for the things that you can't and and not really being upset about anything and just being a little bit more neutral. So of course it ends with loss processing. And as you can imagine in going through trauma or whatever that may be that it, that leads you to to having some semblance of therapy. Loss processing is important. It's defined as detachment from one's goal or oneself. Fucking here we are, boy. I mean, all of these things are directly applied to sales or what I've been going through for the last five years from a personal standpoint, right? Uh, this is the Bruce Lee philosophy. The glass is neither half full nor half empty. The glass is. It's just a vessel and it can contain water and it molds and shapes to it. You aren't going to attach yourself to your quota or the fact that you were 110% or, or 60%. You are focusing on the inputs and you're detaching yourself from the outcomes. You accept defeat when you aren't consistent on some of your running goals, but you don't attach yourself to that goal and say, hey, because you because you didn't hit that goal, you are now a failure. It's just part of the journey. And it's all of these these topics can be applied to all the different aspects of of my life. And I'm sure anybody out there who tunes in or listens, the work is the work's important. And the work allows you to feel a little less crazy in a very fucking crazy world. It's it's just such a remarkable film that I, I feel as if everybody out there has to has to watch it. it. It's enlightening. It's one that'll help you be a little bit more productive, appreciative, grateful, emotionally vulnerable, socially more conscious, any and all of the things. It helps open you up and explore more of, of who you are, which again, that's the purpose of this, right? I fear stagnation. I fear, I don't know if I feared, yeah, I feared fear death fear uncertainty there are a lot of things that i i fear but what can you do about it right well you can take some tools and you can try and apply it as smaller of a goal or as large of a goal as you can and see what happens and it just breaks down every little principle from every different angle and it's beautiful because joan also gives some comedic humor and comedic relief and, and cuts attention when and where he can to help make it all the more accessible for for those that might be a little bit more walls up jumping into a documentary on therapy or mindset or personal growth. That's it, team. That's it. If you if if this hasn't been a sales pitch for watch instance, I don't know, I don't know what is. It it's an interesting one. I was able to sit down with the brother, the Shifu Lobo Savage shortly thereafter just to explore and hear his thoughts. So you can expect a quick turnaround of that conversation coming up in the near future because it's just one that I feel it feels if we should all tune into it better than tune into it. Part of what I'm doing, and I'll encourage you all to do as well. Take the exercises, take the tasks that they explore and write it down and see what you find out because it doesn't just stop at at 
consuming the information and saying, oh, that was good or recording a podcast about it. But you got to do the work. You got to do the work every day and you have to try and do the work in an efficient and smart manner, which we're given the tools, right? So if we're given the tools, we have nobody to blame but ourselves if things aren't panning or working out the way we anticipate or expect. So make haste, ladies and gentlemen, like make haste. The world's your oyster. Or no, the world's uh, the world's your pearl. Go get it. Or are pearls and oysters. We'll find out next week. <laughs> Take it easy, y'all. <laughs>